Thank you, Brother Shostran, and praise the Lord, everybody. So good to be with you. It's humbling, actually, and uh, I've been trying to catch my breath. Normally, I don't have these feelings when I preach. I'm just ready to preach, but I make this trek. It's kind of like my pilgrimage to a place when I was very broken, and I thought uh, kind of at the end of a spiritual life that I thought I had built, but... Anyway, but I remember coming every service, every service, hoping to feel something, hoping to get something. I was a little selfish, and all of you so ministered to me. Every time you smiled, every time you greeted me, I'm pretty good at faking like all of us, you know, I'm trying to look my best, and, but in reality, my heart was pretty sunken. And I, I don't know how to do it. And I do thank the church for two years allowing Brother and Sister Shostran to preach every message to me. They dedicated every message to me. Every, every time I came, without fail, every single message. And uh, I'm like, God, how can you do this for me? It's just awesome. And, and he began to reshape me and rebuild me. And uh, I'll never forget when I was in, over here in the corner praying and I really never felt like I probably would preach again, but the Lord said, I'm not done with you. And let me encourage you that no matter how fall down you fall, God is never done with you. Amen. And sometimes we get done with ourselves, but God never quits on us. God never lets go of us. He's constantly there. The minute you turn to him, the minute you begin to seek him, then he is there to help you and to restore you. So I do thank you. I come here uh, humbly and uh, again just hearing the music and hearing the depth of the worship here uh, so touches my heart and my gratitude. Uh, so if you'd like to stand with me, I'd like to share some thoughts with you. I believe you don't have a service tonight, so he told me I could preach twice as long. <laughs> No, I'm just lying. He didn't say that. In fact, I'm trying to find there a timer. Well, if you hear a beep, that's not for you. That's for me. My pastor's so bad, he'll send the musicians up to interrupt us if we need to. So, Sister Schultz, any time, just feel free. Praise God. But uh, we want to share from uh, what we feel uh, for you today. Titus 2, 14 through 15. I am a little intimidated. These are great speakers behind me and, uh, and preachers. And now they added the family, you know, Brother Post, Sister Post, and Sister Caitlin's all preaching. And I listen in on, on you guys to uh, grab something new just for me, not to not to try to re-preach, but anything I preach today will not be new, and uh, it could be even a confirmation of other things that's been preached. I don't really take notes on every sermon that's preached here, but uh, I believe the Lord is doing things in these last days. I believe that instead of being afraid and confused, we should be looking for what God is doing because God is filling people with the Holy Ghost. God is calling people. In crisis, that's when people turn to God. And that's what's happening. And even in all of us, God is doing something every service, every service. 
And so let's go. Titus 2, 14 to 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And here's where I want to give emphasis. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Also, greetings from uh, Brother Jim Galoni, the brother, uh, brother of Brother Tim Galoni, uh, sends his greetings, and uh, we're glad that we can represent uh, that church there, and good to see all of you. Amen. We should always live looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. We really do mention this a lot of times in the context of the coming of the Lord. But I believe that the Lord comes by his presence and we need to always be looking for that presence. We need to always be expecting. I can still remember coming here expecting that God was going to touch me. And I thank you for all you corn uh, festival workers that are here and you're tired, but doesn't mean that God can't do something for you today. In your tiredness, you could get a miracle. In your tiredness, you could receive something new. Every service is designated for us to receive something from God. Uh, every service, God is here to help us and to touch us, and there should be an expectancy. And the title of my sermon then is Living Expectantly. I recently found out that my daughter is pregnant. She is 42 years old. I don't know what, why it's so long. And uh, hopefully I'll live long enough to see him in his teenage years. But uh, after eight years of marriage and wanting a child, they finally uh, are having a child. I know several of you probably have little children. Some of you may even be pregnant. But there is just that culture that develops in a pregnant lady and the mother of a child-to-be that there is an expectation. And that expectation is that some baby is going to arrive. I want to live in an expectation. Every service I come to expect something from the Lord. Every service I'm expecting to hear from God's voice. I don't care. I've been in this thing a long time. But I know that God wants to talk to you and help you and work in you and live in you. And, and so it is. And that is their culture. And I want to talk about that lifestyle and that worldview that they have of living expectantly. Every service, every prayer meeting, every time we gather, every time we meet, there should be some awaiting that the Spirit of God could fall on us, that the Spirit of God can empower us, that the Spirit of God can strengthen us, that the Spirit of God can cause something more than we are able to do, that we can bring glory to our world, that we can bring hope to our world, that those that are dying and those that are in pain that we have something to bring them because we know God is going to appear. Hallelujah. And so what we need to first do is absorb. They, it's amazing what many classes they teach you what to expect and what you're going to endure and the pain that may come and all the different things. It affects every part of their body, the mind, the emotions, the, the thing. And so it is with us. Life comes in so many different ways. But all of it is working together for us to absorb that God is coming to work in our lives. God is in the world bringing a plan of redemption. It's about uh, that people repent and be baptized in his name and that they receive the Holy 
Holy Ghost. And we are expecting that to happen. That's why we have revivals. That's why we come. That's why we worship. We don't just worship to sing a song. We worship to get the presence of God moving. That God can touch somebody. That God can heal somebody. That God can renew somebody. That the transformation that we begin to grow is in him. Isaiah 30, 18, therefore the Lord waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. Oh, and therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. Blessed or happy or fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him and expect and long for him. Can I tell you, you will never be disappointed with God. Amen. You will never be let down by God. Oh, you will never be, oh, I just wasted my time. I made all that effort. I'm so tired. I came, and now I got to just go home. No, no, no. You can feel God. You will be touched by God because God is here way before I was. He was here waiting. What's going to happen today? Who am I going to touch today? Who am I going to bless today? Who am I going to, oh, put something on them that today will be a difference in their life? One thing we can do then is that we can expect God to be consistent with his character. When you come to service or when you come anytime in the presence of God, you can expect certain things. One, you can expect his unchanging love. Jesus loves you. Jesus is with you. All through your journey, when you're good, when you're bad, when you're not the greatest, whatever mood sometimes our humanity leads us to, Jesus is still there and he loves you. Uh, and he's attentive to your needs. That's why Paul said what? I'm convinced nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. It's not death or life or angels or demons or COVID or, or war or, oh, I'm sorry, inserting that in the scripture there. But nothing, no condition that happens is going to stop God from loving you. God is going to always be reaching to you to help you. And so when you come here, it can be crazy in your world, but you can be understanding, I'm going to come to a place where God loves me. Hmm. Maybe the sound system doesn't love me. But God loves me. The second thing you could expect is unending presence. Oh, I'm glad about this. Sometimes you may feel lonely, but you're never alone. Because God is always there with you. God is there with you when you may not feel anything. Not all the time do you feel goosebumps. Sometimes you don't feel that, but God is still there. He is working with you. He is helping you. He is going to help your battles and your struggles. Uh, the third thing you can expect is his transforming power. We can be changed from glory to glory. Every service you come, we can leave different. We can leave something going on within us. Oh, no, I don't feel like anything's happening. No, no, no. When you give yourself uh, and you let God talk to you, you can leave with a transformation of your spirit. Uh, you may be down and you can go up. Uh, you may be in pain and you can go 
healed. Uh, you may be grouchy and you go, oh, happy. Uh, God is able to transform you and ready to forgive and to heal. Psalms 86, 5, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon him. He never runs out of mercy. Hallelujah. We need to leave our guilt in the house of God. We need to leave our bitterness and our hardness of heart at the altar. We need to leave everything that uh, causes us unrest and disturbance in our heart right here because God can give you what you need to go back in peace. Never let anybody or anything come between you and God. Never say, I can't. Never say, it's not going to happen. God is the God of impossibilities. God is the God of renewal. God is the God that can do whatever. Hallelujah in his time. Oh. Acts 3 and 4, 5, Peter directed his gaze at this man. As did John, and he said, look at us. Look at us. After the day of Pentecost, they did not quit their jobs and stay in Jerusalem. After the Holy Ghost fell upon them, they still moved on because they realized that the Holy Ghost experience is not a place to settle in. It's a place of beginning. The church is not a parking lot. We don't come here and park with our spiritual experience and, and stay at that same level, and that same dimension. Uh, but it is a place of moving. Uh, it's a place of growing. Uh, it's a place of learning. Uh, it's a place where I'm taking something and becoming more. Uh, and I'm representing the king of kings in this earth. Uh, and we are able to touch people. Uh, we are able to affect people. Uh, we are able to influence people uh, because the God is living in us. Uh, and he's not just living us in a church service but he goes with us when we leave here hallelujah but here is the feeling station here is like okay God I want another touch I, oh, I don't ever want to lose my hunger for God I don't ever want to lose my passion for God I want to understand oh God I was two years here but thank God God has moved on with me and now I'm able to do what he wants me to do because I found a time to let God touch me the book of Acts covers a time span of 62 years. And possibly one year later, Peter and John have established a prayer life. At the same time, a homeless beggar person has found the best corner in the temple. You know how, I don't know if they have homeless here, but we have some, I think they bust them all to California. And there's some really good spots. And sometimes they, they go to find a spot until they find a really good spot, a little more profitable. And so this is this man. And he's there. And they pass him by this lame man. And when they pass by, he tells them to look at us. Now every day people are passing this guy back. But there was something in the power of their spirit and in their words when he said look at us he's trying to tell them look get your eyes off your problems get your eyes off your stress and your worries and your care and look at me Oh, I, I think that's part of the purpose of church services it's not just a point to show our devotion only it's not just duty only 
it, it's really for us. And all you online visitors and, and watching this, and I understand you might not be able to be here, but this is your service still. And it's for you. This time you take out is for you. Because there's so much driving in our lives. There's so much media now and there's so much man instant news and you can't hardly get us away from it something every day is happening something every day is a is a struggle in the world or somebody's life every day you're hearing news and every day your spirits can get activated and get restless and but God is in the service saying look at me would you just stop thinking about everything else and would you look at me I got something for you today I know what's going to happen in your world right even this afternoon you may be going to go home and get some news but if you look at me today I'm going to help you I'm going to equip you I'm going to prepare you I'm going to make sure you're ready that you can handle anything that comes your way because God God cares for us God wants to help us it's not just a place to be it's a living transforming place Oh, I know some people, it bothers me. They're always telling you about, yeah, when you get closer to God, the enemy's going to fight you. Uh, don't worry about what the enemy's going to do. Worry about what the God's going to do that is greater in you than he that is in the world. Uh, don't worry about the opposition. Worry about the person that's going to help you. Uh, oh, get your eyes on him. Hallelujah. He said something. He felt something. He wasn't sure what it was. But he knew something was going to happen. Look at us. We don't got your gold and silver. But we got something for you. We got the name of Jesus. And take us and we're, uh, oh, stand up and walk. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord. And while we're beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into the same image from glory to glory. Oh, you don't even know it. But while you're here and you begin to lift your hand and you make a little effort and you begin to get lost in just a second, boom, there there's a change happening in you. There's a likeness happening to you. There's something that's coming in your heart and your mind and your all your being that is working in you to bring about what God is wanting to do. When one understands what to expect, it begins to affect their attitudes. They begin to believe and they follow a course of action and that the baby will be healthy and all will be good. You're about to have a revival in a couple of weeks. Our attitudes are all going to be forming. What is God going to do? This could be the greatest revival that you've ever had in the history of a hundred-year church. Oh, God is able to surpass the history of himself. God is able to do more than he has ever done. Oh, God might have touched you once, but God can touch you again. God sometimes does healing in stages. Who can predict God? Nobody. But I assure you, God is on target for doing what he wants to do. This world is setting up 
for a great bow of people that are in crisis calling on God to be transformed and for something that is real. And so we say, oh, is anyone sick? Call for the elders and let them anoint them with oil. Because the oil, man, you got lots of oil. This is not Lysol. I teach driving. We got to wipe the car down with Lysol. Lysol in my hands, Lysol all over me. That's not doing anything but cleaning things that are supposed to be there, hopefully. But this is anointing. <laughs> this is God's Spirit on this. It is not the oil, but it's the anointing. And so oh, we, we anoint people. We send out handkerchiefs. Uh, and it's not like, and I, I got to remember I'm in Ohio. It's not like the Reds or, or in my case, the Padres always expecting and hoping, you know, that they're going to win the World Series one day. Uh, and always, uh, it's the same enthusiasm. Uh, but the hope is not in humanity. Uh, the hope is in divinity. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, God is able to do. Uh, oh, he's able to come forth. Uh, he's able to heal. He's able to accomplish things that we have not yet seen. Uh, we just got to understand without faith, it's impossible to please him. You've got to have that faith. Uh, every service, you got to have more faith. Uh, every service, you got to come expecting. Uh, you might have been here 50 years every service, but it could be this service. Hallelujah. It could be this service that God chooses to move. We believe that he exists and he rewards and so it is according to your faith. According to your faith. Low expectancy, low results. I think it's going to be a dead service because we're tired. They're not coming expecting, it's just Brother Sharp. Not expecting because it's raining. It's amazing how we do our expected. But I'm telling you, God surpasses anything we can. God is not contingent on even our tiredness because when his spirit comes, what happened to Samson? My man. He was he was a strong dude, but not now. He was kind of weak. But he, he, his hair got out. It's not just his hair. It's God somehow exceeding his human strength uh, to become super strength. Uh, and God can help us uh, in our weakness, in our frailty, in our tiredness. Uh, oh, but if that hand goes up halfway, God is able to touch you. Uh, and he's able to heal you. Uh, and he's able to strengthen you. Uh, and give you that which you need for today. So the lady comes in Matthew 9, 29. Oh, if only I can touch his cloak, I will be healed. If only I can make it to Jesus. If only I can get my expectancy and, and really begin to focus in on what God can do for me today. And pressing through all that obstacles and pressing through all the things of life and all the pressures of life. And I get through them if I can just get to that altar and just let it out. And just let my mind be focused and clear that, oh, I'm expecting you, Lord. 
And God, you said, according to your faith, let it be. And she is healed. <sighs> and so the commonality between the expectancy and faith is action. Action is the thing that brings the expectation and faith together. You guys proved it. You didn't do all that work expecting not to sell one chicken. I heard somebody tell pastor, I think we're going to run out of chicken. That's the expectation. That's the, what they're believing. That it was supposed to rain. But somehow they believe that in the rain, they're going to sell all that chicken. Because they know people get hungry. Can I tell you, we can expect that God's going to move because God is hungry to touch us. Oh, can I tell you that God is ready and able to help us today and this morning. And for the revival that's coming, we can be the pre-start of the spark. So it is. And a couple has going to have a baby they so prepare they they personalize their expectation most of them name their child before they ever have it my kid they're old-fashioned they don't want to find out what it is and they don't want to give it a name yet or less release it so they're calling it baby z so i already got baby z is going to come right or personalize it you need to personalize your expectation oh what am i going to see I'm going to see my friend come to Jesus. Oh, what am I going to see? I'm going to see a final healing of this that's been bothering me. What am I? I, I need to personalize it. I need to make it mine. This is what I'm expecting, Lord. You have put it in my heart. Oh, they go to prepare a room. They're buying clothes before they ever see the baby. They're doing all kinds of things. They're painting it colors and, and all decoration because they know a baby on the way. Do you know you got a baby on the way? Do you understand there's something on the way for you? Do you really grasp that God is going to do something for this church? That revival is still coming? That God still has a work for us to do? At a meeting of Baptist leaders in the late 1700s I forgot to press the start button, sorry. I have my moments. <laughs> a newly ordained minister, Jim Carrey, stood to argue the value of overseas missions. He was abruptly interrupted by the older minister and said, Young man, sit down. It's a true story. You are an enthusiast. That's probably what some people say to me. You're just hyped up. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he'll do it without consulting you. You don't need to be so crazy. God will just do it in his time. I don't know if you, they didn't know that God uses people. He was raised in the obscure rural village of England and he princes as a shoemaker. But he took up the faith. He was little educated. But he borrowed a Greek grammar and proceeded to teach himself New Testament Greek. That's kind of tough. He took up shoemaker, later married a girl, uh, married a girl. Oh, thank God. And they had a daughter, but the child died at age two, and his pay was not very much. So 
So his family sunk into poverty and they stayed there even after he took over the business. But he said to himself, I can plod. I can persevere to any definitive pursuit. So he began studying languages, adding Hebrew and Latin, became a preacher amongst the group of the particular Baptists. He was impressed with missionaries displayed at how the lack of missions interest was in the congregation. So he organized a missionary society and he preached a sermon with the call, expect great things, attempt great things for God. Within a year, his family went on a ship to India. After seven years of missionary labor, he baptized his first convert. And he continued to do that over the next 28 years. He ended up in translating the whole entire Bible into India's five major languages and 209 other languages and dialects. By the time he died, it's been 41 years in India without a furlough, and he only converted 700 converts in the whole millions of India. But we know from there that India began to open up to Christianity. Even now, thousands of apostolics in India. Mothers, church, it's more than just carrying a baby. It's more than just being a surrogate. It's the carrying and living with the baby that will be born. We are expecting. We have a passion. He didn't allow the onlookers to say, ah, oh, you'll never be anything. You'll never do this. You'll, you'll always be this kind of person. But no, no, there was something in him that he grasped hold of this faith and its expectancy that he did what he could. And everything you do that you can will be used, will be a partial effect to maybe another effect. Uh, that we are all in this thing together, working together, contributing to what God is going to do in his last days. We're all looking and expecting that any time that glorious appearance, we're going to have a move of God. And thank God you got sensitive pastors. I mean, I, I've seen it even here. There's nothing going on, but Sister Shulchan knows how to find the vein of the Spirit, like finding gold. There's a vein. Uh, and when we find that Spirit, uh, you can feel it. That Spirit begins to move in us. Uh, and you know it never stays in one place. It's like fire jumps to the other section. Oh, God, uh, let us have that happen every service. Uh, oh, Lord, help us to be sensitive, uh, to allow that Spirit to flow in us. Uh, Help us not to allow anything else to get in the way. But we want to see your appearing in the service. We want to see your appearing in the altar service. It only takes one service for God to say, yeah, I'm not done with you. It only takes one service for God to call somebody. It only takes one service for a miraculous healing to take place. Jeremiah 29, a great scripture. Everybody uses notes. I know the plans I have for you. I have plans for good, not evil. I have a, to give you a future and to give you a hope, to give you expectancy. I'm not here to let you worry about a COVID. I'm not here to get you involved in arguing over masks and no masks and vaccination. My goodness, 
I'm here about something spiritual that can be great that I'm still going to do. And no problem with the world is going to stop me. No adversary, no, no political party, nothing can stop me from moving in my and the people that call on my name. Oh, I'm able to touch. I'm able to redeem. That's my purpose. Us is not just enjoying preaching. And he's good, but there's a desire in him and a desire in them to move. What are you expecting from God? I kind of was woke up to this. I don't know what happened. I, I went to Boston. It's a beautiful city, but stay in the city. Don't stay outward and get a car. I can't tell you how many times I got lost in traffic in Boston. And they had these underground tunnels that says next exit, but they don't really mean next exit. They mean the next after the next exit. And when you get on the wrong exit, you go underneath and go on a freeway and you can't get off for 10 miles. Then you turn around and get back off and hopefully you get on the right exit that time just so you can go back. And so uh, flying out, I'm on the last plane out. I always like to take the last plane out, get the most of the day. And I got lost. And I'm lost. And I'm driving. And my GPS is not, it's betraying me. It's not, you know, it tells me this is a street, but really it's not. This is the next street over. And I, I don't know why I didn't quit. I didn't quit because I didn't have a room or the money for a room to stay overnight. I wasn't thinking I'd get lost, you know. But something just, just keep going. So I finally, and then I'm out of gas in my rental. So now I got to stop at the gas station. And then I got caught in a residential area where they're trick-or-treating. <laughs> and it's not the best part of town. And I'm just like, what? And I'm pumping gas. My flight is boarding right there. And I'm, not, and I'm still like, well, the ways. Got to go through the trick-or-treaters. Try not to hit any of them. And, uh, I didn't, and all of a sudden, the road opens to the airport. I got to go take the rental car in my baggage. And I get up to the counter to check the baggage. She said, oh, I'm sorry, we're closed. Well, my plane's here. I got to go to my plane. What do you mean you're closed? And she said, I'm sorry. So I said, well, can I take this big old bag and through the security? She said, oh, go ahead. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm running, going. But I don't know why. I just kept thinking. God, you're going to help me get on this plane. I don't have any options. I just expecting that. I get there, go through the wrong line, go through another line, get to the plane, and they're, are you Ron Sharp? Like, I'm the only one there. Yeah, that's me. Well, we've been calling your name for the last 20 minutes. The plane is waiting on you. <laughs> and I said, well, I have this big suitcase. Can it somehow get checked on? Like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll check it on. And I sit down. Everybody's watching me because they've been waiting for this one guy. <laughs> and I sit down, and I got the last seat. And, and then they go by for the food, and I got the last sandwich. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, help me. And then when I get off the plane, the guy says, How'd you get this suitcase on? This is not supposed to be here. Like, how about God? Kind of stir up this sermon is, 
help us. If I would have turned back when she said close, I'd have probably been in the streets calling people. I don't know what I've been doing. But I did not accept that. We cannot, un you can't just walk away. You gotta understand, you got a God that can do anything. We can't just, I, I, I got no hope. Yes, you have hope. Yes, you have a future. Yes, you can do something. You can call on your God. Yes, we have altar services. Oh, that's not just for the sinner. That's for somebody needing something from God. That's for somebody that says, no, I refuse. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be a loser. I'm going to be something for God, and I'm going to keep living for God. And I'm going to keep, oh, I'm going to keep pressing the door. I'm going to keep knocking on the door. Because I'm looking, the glorious appearing of my Lord Jesus. Oh, I wonder if we could stand. I'll be my own timer. Thank you, Brother Sister Shostrad, for taking the time out. For a guy who found himself in a place he never thought he would be. Thank you for always the right songs and always the right sermons. Thank you, brother, for reading the right scriptures to start the service with. Thank you for brother him and Loni always encouraging me. Thank you for all you that smiled and somebody that I had a good voice. Thank you for lying for the Holy Ghost, but no, thank you for saying anything positive to me. Because you couldn't see inside. And I would, I would suggest that today we may not see everybody's thoughts today. It's amazing how suicidal thoughts are rampant today. People feeling dead in it, people living in depression, but they don't want anybody to know they're in depression. There's a lot of stuff that goes on, but this is the house of the Lord. And this is a place where God appears. <laughs> this is a place where God helps. This is a, where God releases tension and stress and anxiety. It's a song, I, I think you sang it one time here for somebody that it said in all these times, but the phrases, but there was Jesus. But there was Jesus. Can I tell you, there's Jesus. There is Jesus always. We gotta look for him. We gotta expect it. Because you get kind of what you look for. If you're not looking for nothing but go home and take a nap, the nap can wait just even 30 minutes. But nothing can replace what God can do in this altar service. Nothing can replace what peace, what hope, what joy. And so I'm opening this altar because we believe that God is here. And I'm expecting God to touch somebody today. Would you start to come as they begin to sing? The presence of God is in this place. <laughs>
Lord, we want your appearance right now in this place. 